Welcome back to your therapy tools. My name is Elizabeth Choate and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today's episode is about teenagers, our wonderful teen population in the developmental stage where they are learning to develop like who they are as a person, how they fit into this world. They're developing that sense of self and as if that isn't difficult enough to figure out, they're also dealing with a lot of hormonal changes. They're also dealing with a lot of pressure from society, from peers at school. Teenagers really have it rough. So I wanted to share a few uh, statistics that I found. So low self-esteem um, basically that's a negative self-talk disorder, if you want to call it that. Um, this is where the teen views him or herself as being inadequate, um, unworthy of being loved, incompetent. Uh, they feel like they don't measure up to others. And, um, once they form this negative view, it tends to, um, filter through every thought. So it's a negative filter on every thought and perception that they tend to have. And it produces faulty assumptions and uh, ongoing self-defeating behavior, such as giving up on trying to pass a grade in school, giving up on the idea of going to prom, giving up on the idea of trying to win over the approval or affection of their parents they get into a very apathetic state of mind because they're just not feeling good about themselves. Um, among high school students, 44% of girls and 15% of boys are attempting to lose weight. So on top of everything else, they have body issues going on. They're not happy with their body. They feel like they're not buffed and muscular enough or they feel like they're too fat or they feel like their breasts are too small or they feel like their lips are too thin or you know the list goes on and on so that goes along with the low self-esteem they are nitpicking at their own bodies they are their own worst bully and their own worst critic just like most of us at any age tend to be um over 70% of girls age 15 to 17 will avoid normal daily activities such as going to school if they feel bad about how they look. So it's always nice to brighten somebody's day by um, putting a, a positive message on the school mirror or on your own bathroom mirror so that when your teen wakes up, that's the first thing they see when they go in the bathroom. Or if you are the teen who is listening, why don't you place some compliments to yourself on the mirror so that while you're brushing your teeth, you can see that and you can say, yeah, thank you. I wanted to hear that this morning. I needed that, thank you. We could all use an uplifting message, right? Um, more than 40% of boys in middle school and high school regularly exercise with the goal of increasing muscle mass. So they're afraid they're too scrawny 
and they want to have more muscle. 75% of girls with low self-esteem report engaging in negative activities such as cutting, bullying, smoking, drinking, or eating disorders. And this compares to 25% of girls with high self-esteem. About 20% of teens will experience depression before they reach adulthood. Teen girls that have a negative view of themselves are four times more likely to take part in activities with boys that they will regret. So they might um, make out with boys and go a little further than they wanted to because they want that boy to like them and they don't feel good about themselves. And if the boy likes them, it makes them feel better about themselves, which that, that dominoes into a poor relationship with the father figure in their lives. So the top wish among all teen girls is for their parents to communicate with them um, more openly and more frequently and treat them with the respect that they would treat somebody else with. Um, oftentimes as parents, we forget that our children are little humans who deserve respect and validation just as much as we do. And we tend to view them more as, you know, they're our children and we must tell them what to do. And a lot of children, and I'm probably, I'm probably right when I say that as a, as a child or a teen, if you're an adult, you probably wanted some good conversations with your parents that didn't involve lecturing and that kind of thing. So if you are now the parent of a teen, remember what that felt like and try to give your teen, your full attention with active listening and give them that quality time that they're, they're craving from you. Let's see. 38% of boys in middle school and high school reported using protein supplements and nearly 6% admit to experimenting with steroids. So it's not only the girls and women in society who are being told what is and is not beautiful. It's it's the boys and the men too. So this this um negative body image is coming coming to both genders from all sides. 7 in 10 girls believe that they are not good enough or do not measure up in some way including their looks, their performance in school and relationships with friends and family members. How often have you heard a teenager tell you they just feel awkward and they don't want to talk to people? Um, that's a self-esteem issue. And a girl's self-esteem is more strongly related to how she views her own body shape and body weight than how much she actually weighs. So that, that again reiterates, you know, your teenage girl could be five foot four weigh 120 pounds and she might hate her body because she doesn't have a huge dump truck and big fat lips or she might hate her body because she doesn't have any muscle tone in her arms and legs. They're, they, they'll nitpick at themselves. They'll find one little area. They'll squeeze a half an inch of skin and say, oh my God, I'm so fat, look. And if, if you're an adult listening to this and you're a woman you know that as a teenager, you did the same thing, right? So our teenagers 
need a ton of support. They need empowerment. They need to be uplifted. They need encouragement. And a lot of times the teens will roll their eyes and say, you're my mom. You have to say that. Or of course you would say that you're my dad. But at the same time, even though they roll their eyes and dismiss the statements and the pep talks, it does plant a seed and it's something that they do want to hear and that they do need to hear. They need to be uplifted. So how do we do that? How do we do that? If you're a teenager listening, how do you lift yourself up? How do you validate yourself and come to the determination that you are worthy of love and respect, that you you do have gifts to offer the world, that you are beautiful and unique in your very own way. You don't have to compare yourself to others because we're all different and all of our journeys are different. So if you're a teenager, how can you help yourself to see those things? And if you're a parent, how can you help your teen to see these things? So I have a few tools to share to get started with. One is active listening. Active listening is an amazing tool for connecting with your teen. You have to take a non-judgmental stance. You're not judging. You're not going to ground them if they confide something in you, like I snuck out of third period and hid in the bathroom. You're going to leave that door of communication open. Allow them to talk to you. Allow them to process their feelings. Don't minimize their feelings. Don't tell them you shouldn't feel that way. What do you have to be stressed out about? You're a kid. Well, they have a lot to be stressed out about, as I talked about in the opening statements here, right? They have a lot to be stressed out about. And if you look back to when you were a teenager, I bet you can remember being stressed out too. And the teenagers who might be listening to this, I'm sure you can agree, life is stressful for you. There's so much that you have to do and so much to figure out and so much confusion. Um, it's not easy being a teen. So it's important that we honor our teenagers, that we help them, help them and guide them to find the best version of themselves and rock it. You know, um, active listening is a big piece of that. So non-judgmental, safe, open space for, for the teen to be able to communicate. And active listening means that you are paying full attention with all of your senses and good eye contact to your teenager, even if they're not giving you eye contact back. If they're staring at the floor and talking, that's fine. But you keep your eyes on them. And you let them talk. And if they tell you, stop staring at me, that's okay. You can stare at the floor or the wall, but continue to listen with the intent of hearing what is being said. You want to understand what feeling is being conveyed. You want to understand what kind of need they're trying to get met by speaking. You want to understand who they are, how they feel. And so while you're listening, you're not coming up with what you're going to say back. You're not passing judgment. And when they're, when they're finished speaking, you simply paraphrase back what you heard them say. 
Um, of course, it's not like your teen says, I feel sad and awkward. You don't say, oh, you're sad and awkward. That's not, that's parroting. That's not really active listening. You want to, you want to kind of try to tune into how they feel and say, it seems like you're really depressed. It seems like you don't like social situations because you feel like you're not as good at being sociable as others. Is that right? You want to really key into their energy and let them know they've been seen and they've been heard because that is so important. So that is step one, the act of listening. And no matter what they tell you, you can't just scream, oh my God, you're grounded. You know, if your teen comes to you and says, I'm thinking about sex, you cannot freak out and say, you're a baby, no way, you're grounded, you'll never, oh my God, wait till I tell your father. You can't do that. You have to develop a foundation of trust. Because if you can't sit down and have conversations with them without blowing up, judging them, minimizing them, telling them how they should and should not feel, then when the time comes that your teenager goes out and does something to where they're in trouble or they're in danger, you will not be the first person they call. They'll be scared to call you. They'll call somebody else. So active listening and non-judgmental acceptance of the human in front of you is very important. Another, another way to help with your teen's self-esteem is to print out a list of positive traits and have your teen circle the ones that they see in themselves. And then you have your own positive trait list and you will circle all the positive traits that you see in your teen. And then you exchange papers and discuss it. And if they say, well, you circled helpfulness, but I don't think I'm helpful at all. Then you can point out times when your teen has been helpful. They've done something helpful around the house or they helped grandma or point it out. Maybe they help with their siblings. So you'll point out different different uh, circumstances in which they were helpful. And that makes you a helpful person if you, if you're doing those things. Sometimes they can't see themselves for who they are. And they need help with you observing and saying, hey, I noticed that you were very helpful just now. Thank you. Um, and as parents, we say, you know, we shouldn't have to reward them for doing things they're supposed to do, you know, like clean their room, that kind of thing. And that's true. But at the same time, it's important that they are validated that's the reward they're looking for, really, is the validation. They want to know that you noticed, that they did something right, that they did something good. Um, so like I've talked about before with the Captain Obvious thing, be Captain Obvious. When your team does something good, point it out. Tell them, that was amazing. I just noticed you doing that. That's so cool. And... Don't be afraid to praise them the same way we would praise our little kids, the same way we would praise a coworker. Everybody wants to hear 
when you notice that they've done something well. So another tool is getting those teens involved in something. Let them choose. Do they want boxing lessons, karate lessons? Do they want to learn how to ride a horse? Do they want to join a book reading club? Do they want to learn to play a musical instrument? Let them get involved in something that they're very interested in. And, you know, once they get there, if they say, hey, I want to play softball, and they show up to play softball and they decide, oh, I don't like softball, don't get mad because you don't know if you're going to like something until you try it. So if they, if they ask to try something and they go try it and they say, oh, that's not for me. Okay, well, what would you like to try next? And having, having that stability in the home, the structure, a little bit of structure, to where they are in charge of taking care of certain things around the house. This gives them a sense of control. It gives them a sense of responsibility. Um, that's another factor. That's another tool that's, that's excellent because the more your teenager can have little pieces of control over their own life, the better. So you might say uh, three times a week you'll do the dishes. The rest of the week I'll do the dishes. So on the days when you're doing dishes, um, I don't care if you do them in the morning, afternoon, or night, but they have to get done at some point during those days. And you give them the control to choose when they'll come in and do the dishes rather than standing over them and micromanaging, today's your day to do the dishes. Get in there and do the dishes right now. Um, Give them a little bit of leeway there. And if they're not doing the dishes after agreeing to that commitment, well then, of course, there's disciplinary action. Um, Let's see. What are some other tools? There are journals on Amazon for teenagers specifically to help them to increase their self-esteem and feel better about themselves. And it's good to sit down and talk with your teen and say, hey, listen, um, I am open to just having a conversation. So for the next hour, don't think of me as your parent. Um... Just be open and talk, and you will not get in trouble for anything that you say in this hour, okay? Just be yourself, relax, and we'll just talk about whatever you want to talk about. And even if they're resistant the first few times and they sit there quietly and roll their eyes and look away and, oh boy, I wish my mom would go away or I wish my dad would stop, um, keep doing it. Set up a Set up a specific time. This is... This is our one-on-one time, kid. Come on and, and set, set up that time and be consistent. And eventually they will talk to you, but you have to keep your end of the bargain and be open-minded. You can't get angry. You can't ground them. You have to like be open-minded, use active listening, and show them that you're, you're supporting them, that you're on their team. And that you're, if you don't, if they feel like you don't get them, um, Tell them that's your goal. As I want, I want to be able to understand you. I don't want you to say, you don't get me. You don't understand me. I don't want that. That's, that's not the relationship I want with my kids. So let's, let's work on that. And you help me to 
uh, fix that part of the relationship, whatever part I am messing up so that you feel like I don't understand you. Let's work on that together. You tell me what you feel would make it better. And if they say, I want us to take walks every Friday, then do that, you know. Um, and if, if a child is, or teenager, if they are, um, you know, just feeling very insecure and they have maybe you and the dad are separated or divorced and maybe the relationship with dad or mom isn't so great, you know, um, be supportive and help them to process their feelings. And if the dad is absent completely, they need some sort of father figure in their life. And it doesn't have to be a boyfriend. It could be an uncle. It could be grandpa. It could be a friend um, of the family, something like that. But they need somebody to come in and spend time with them. So that especially... uh, well, both boys and girls need that. They need that male parental type figure to teach them all the guy stuff. And they need the, the mom to teach them all the mom stuff. So if you don't have a dad present in, in, in your teen's life, then who could be kind of like a father figure? That would be helpful. And celebrate your teenager's victories. If your teenager usually gets F's and they've been trying and they got a C, don't tell them, well, that's, that's okay, but uh, I want you to get A's and B's like your brother. Don't compare them to their siblings. And if they're failing every class and they suddenly get a C in one class, celebrate that one C. Tell them, good job on that. Let's go get an ice cream or let's take you to Ulta and get you some lipstick or whatever they're into, the teenagers. Um, Don't let them stay locked in their rooms playing video games all day and all night. That reinforces that awkward feeling and that isolation and their social skills continue to dwindle. Have them come out once in a while and hang out with the family, take them places, have family outings. And let's take a quick break and I'll be right back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, thank you for hanging in there. So we've talked about self-esteem issues with teenagers and how to kind of lift them up. So it's important to get them a hobby. Let them choose a hobby that they're interested in outside of just video games. Um, Make sure you leave some open space. You could do family meetings if you want once a week. Um, You could do some one-on-one time, like uh, 
parent-teenager date once or twice a week. Make sure you're using active listening and make sure you chill out and just stay open-minded and let your teen be themselves with no criticism. And I wanted to also add, if, if your teenager is cutting, don't be horrified, don't judge, don't freak out. Be calm. If you find out my teen has been cutting themselves, um, you want to sit down and talk to them with no judgment. And I know it'll be scary, but it's important to sit down and talk to them and say, okay, so you're, you're cutting. Um, can you, can you show me where you're cutting? And it's usually the legs or the arms. Um, so you'll see the severity of which they are cutting. Sometimes it's surface and sometimes it's a little deeper. Um, and you want to talk to them about it and ask them what benefit they get from that. Like, how does that make them to feel better? And you want to ask them if any of the reason that they do it has anything to do with you. Is it because you feel like you can't talk to me? Is it because you feel like I'm too hard on you? Um, usually, 99% of the time when I talk to a teenager who's been cutting, the answer revolves around that is the only sense of control they feel they have in their lives. That's one. And the second that usually goes with it is they feel like that's the only way to like feel something like to release the stress and to feel something because they have just emotionally numbed out because of all the stress in their life and because their self-esteem is terrible and that's how it ends up becoming a coping skill so it's important to understand those things and not judge your teen and say, oh my God, it's horrible, why? Just stay calm and say, well, okay, help me to understand why you're, why you're doing that and how it makes you feel and how can I support you? How can I support you in this? The ultimate goal, of course, is to get them to stop. Um, so therapy is a must. If you have a teen who's cutting, therapy is an absolute must because in the very beginning when you sit down and try to talk to them about it, they may refuse to talk to you about it. They might say, oh, no way, because I already feel like I'm in trouble as it is. I'm not talking to you. So get a good therapist who is good with teenagers and let them explore those feelings and everything with the therapist and eventually the therapist can bring you into a session after coaching you on communication and then the two of you you and your teen can sit in the safe space with a therapist and process it together and eventually your teen can stop cutting because he or she will develop healthy productive coping skills and have more of a connection with you. So if you've been feeling frustrated with your teen, or if you are a teen who is super frustrated with your parents, 
and the self-esteem issue is there and all the stress of being a teenager in this crazy world of 2021 is there. Just know that there is help out there. You're not alone. There are so many resources. And if you would like more information, you know where to find me at elizabethlmft.org. Thank you for tuning in today, and I look forward to hearing from you. And I hope that you have a fantastic day.